For broadcasting or advertising opportunities, call 1-888-303-3884 or visit wildfireradio.com and click on Contacts. You are listening to The Straight Shooters exclusively on Wildfire Radio. Subscribe to The Straight Shooters podcast on iTunes by visiting the iTunes store and download every episode on wildfireradio.com. Now, here's Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of professional wrestling. Oh, Shooters Radio Universe! My name, of course... Is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, nitpicky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a uh, parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't really know what like to think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. What is he doing? Oh my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. For all the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in that land? My name is Warren Johnson. Joining as always by my main man, Poston Terrence, Mr. Cone of Fully Voice and Fully Influencer. And you're only listening to episode 202 of The Straight Shooters. And before I can tell you where you can listen to us, because you used to get watch us on YouTube, but we're not doing it on YouTube anymore. So if you're listening to us on the download, don't worry about it. This isn't, doesn't affect you. But if you usually watch us live, we're doing it through ulterior means now. Different means, I should say, alternate means. Uh, but that's not that important. What is important is I check in with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Pacone. Nick, how are you doing tonight, my good brother? Happy July 3rd, buddy. Uh, it's, uh, we're, one, we're recording this on July 3rd. So, it's not a holiday. Uh, so. It is not. So we decided earlier today that we were just going to, instead of take the week off, just go through it. And uh, right now, I have the Phillies game on to my right. And they're in Atlanta. So, I mean, like... The sport, the sports news is scarce now. You know, we got NBA free agency. That's almost done. We're only waiting for where Kawhi's going, and uh, you know hope that'll probably break in the middle of our show, and then we're probably going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You know? But uh, you know, other than that, you know, I'm I'm good, uh, ready for the summer to really pick up. You know, I have I haven't really gotten been able to sink my teeth into summer yet, so uh, I'm. I'm looking forward to actually doing that within the next couple of weeks. Go to the beach a little bit, you know, like get get summer started for Nick Pacone. All right, he's ready, he's ready, man. He's, he's ready for the summertime, like Will Smith, Fresh Prince. That's right, man. It's July third, you know, and I I still feel like it's March. Well, I don't know why, but it doesn't <laughs> feel like March outside. It is hot as hell. Oh, hell no, yeah, yeah, it's hot as hell outside. But again. Like Nick said, we're recording this day before Independence Day in, in our country, the United States. So just just a testament to the dedication we have. We, even on a week of a holiday, we're still delivering you some quality audio content here on episode 202 
of the podcast. But what we're known for. Exactly. Uh, where you can find us on these here interwebs, though, is Apple Podcasts. We can rate, review, and subscribe to us. Of course, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the mothership, wildfireradio.com. We can find all 100. I keep doing that. 100. I've done, I did that 99 times or something like that. <laughs> and you get used to that. So it's all 201 prior episodes oh. of The Straight Shooters, all at wildfireradio.com. So what are we going to talk about this week on episode 202 of the pod? Well, if you haven't been watching wrestling lately, you kind of missed out on a big week, or at least at least on Raw and SmackDown, because some edgy things happened. You can tell there's a little bit of a tonal shift, slight, slight tonal shift. I want to say it's a grand tonal shift, but a slight one. And I know some people are like, oh, maybe this is a Paul Heyman thing. Maybe this is Eric Bischoff thing. I don't know what it is. Regardless, some interesting things happened. And they got me to thinking. Because you, you saw Kofi Kingston flip the bird to Samoa Joe on SmackDown. We saw, we, we got an angle where Maria Kanellis is pregnant on TV. I mean, she's pregnant in real life. Mm. But, like, they're actually making it an angle. And they're also making this angle between her and Mike Kanellis a little different. Where she's, like, yelling and screaming at him, I think, right? Is that, mm-hmm. like, kind of... Yeah. So, I mean... Calling him, like, not worthy of being yeah. <laughs> her baby's father or something like that. Insinuating yeah. that, at least. Right. There's a lot of stuff going on there. And it's a little edgy. It's a little racy. And I have to thinking, a lot of people typically call for, oh, I wish it would go back to TV, was it TVMA or even PG-13. It's, right. Don't be PG anymore. You know, we need to have more adult-oriented, more racy, more edgy content, you know, and... Just like I want to say, just like the attitude there, because nobody, I don't know if anybody really wants to bring replicate that again. Because I'm not sure if you can. Uh, but you know, just a little bit of edge to the product. And I think, it, as much as people clamor for that, would that actually work in 2019 and beyond? Would it actually bring people back? So, so those Laps fans who left after the attitude there, after WCW closed down, and when or when WWE became PG and more of a kid-friendly product again. Would those fans come back if WWE were to be consistently edgy product? Now, Nick, I ask you this question. What do you think? Would would those fans come back? Would WWE's audience grow? Would it be even would it even be what it is now, which is just not great as far as what the history says as far as WWE's numbers, but would it even steady the ship? Would it go down? Like what do you think would happen if WWE were to go a little more on the edgy side? with his content on a consistent basis. I'm not completely sold that the lapsed fan will come back. Um, just if they started doing more things like the middle finger saying, holy shit on TV, uh, you know, stuff like that. But if the storylines almost like the Marie Canellis, Mike Canellis storyline, it's more, you know, like adult oriented, uh, if the storylines were more of that scope, I think you would see an influx of maybe the teen demographic again that they don't have anymore, like they did in the Attitude Era, at least. Um, obviously, teenagers watch WWE, but it, you know, I was a teenager when the Attitude Era hit, you know, like in 1998, and it was like everyone around me was watching it. So uh, I don't think that would happen at this point in 2019, uh, I don't think 
the people that don't watch it anymore, the people that just watch New Japan because of the sport presentation, I don't think they will come back and be like hardcore WWE fans. They might be like, oh, well, finally, it's something that I could at least check the video out on YouTube or something like that. But they're not going to go out of their way to tune into Raw or tune into SmackDown to see somebody give somebody the middle finger or anything like that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I mean, I know I've seen people on Twitter talk about that. Um, uh, you know, they were more towards the attitude era. I come back. Like, I don't necessarily believe that because there's there's only so much you can do. First of all, in 2019, like a lot of the attitude era, era stuff, and and I'm, I'm don't want to focus on the attitude era, but that's when the boom period was. So I don't. It just can't go back to that. But more adult oriented storylines. You know, they had that in like 04, 05, 06 before they went to PG. I think it was in. 2008 when we really saw the shift to TVPG but uh, I, I don't think you will get all those fans back but I do think you'll be able to create new ones in that demographic, the teen demographic uh, up to young adult where you know it's to them right now it's kind of lame to be watching WWE but to them it won't be lame anymore Yeah I think because I'm a little, I want to say torn. It's just, I think about it multiple ways. So on one end, it's like, you definitely don't have to go back to what happened in 1998, where you got women flashing their tops, and that's just the, people... Dicks being cut off. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> and old pregnant women giving birth to a hand, stuff like that. That was, we don't need to go back to that. That was just weird, and, that, you know, that we don't need to go back to that. I know some people are like, what are you talking about? No, that's actually a thing that happened in wrestling. Probably the most... As as much as as many as absurd things that have happened in wrestling, that probably takes the cake as far as absurdity. All right. So if you're unfamiliar, Mark Henry made did did the nasty with Mae Young, who was like <laughs> five years old, got her pregnant, she gave birth to a hand. It was crazy. Didn't it, remember when Raw 1000? The hand like was like a teenager, <laughs> like they put a hand costume guy in a hand costume. <laughs> that was wow. That was kind of uh, funny, but. The origin of that was wow, that was that was bizarre. But so you don't have to replicate that because back then that was shocking, that was new, that was different, and that was like a whole era of that. You had Jerry Springer and stuff like that. Like there was a whole era of that type of TV where you you know that crash TV shocked people for shock value. We kind of seen that already though, so I don't think you can replicate that again in 2019. Plus, people I just think they're a little bit more sophisticated with that. Like they know like all right, this is just right. weird. But at the same time. As I say that there are TV shows out there with that type, where people like seeing that type of stuff. Where not like those exact things, but let's say if it's like Love and Hip Hop or Jersey Shore or Real Housewives, those types of shows where people are fighting each other or you know, you know, the gossiping and all that type of stuff. People like watching that stuff. They like watching, you know, those. I don't say crazy people, but like you know, what I'm saying like the. People act out like that. Outlandish, you know. Yeah, like outlandish is a good the, term for it. It's like they, it's like reality TV, but not. <laughs> you right. Because it's, it's almost r- too ridiculous to be real. Like shows like Bagwell's Club. I mean, at one point, I don't. They probably still do, but at one point, they had a lot of people watching it. I mean, I was checking it out because I lived with a bunch of women, but I had no choice. But they were fixated upon it, and that was eh, that was a while ago. But that those types of shows still carry an audience. We see Raw's ratings every week. Yeah, we all talk about how it's a new low every week, but they're still at the top of cable. 
what's the show that they're like fighting with for the top spot in cable every single week? It's Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> like that type of content, people watch regularly and they watch it in droves. And it's made celebrities out of some people. Like, look at Cardi B. Where she? Where did she start? Cardi B went from a Love and Hip Hop star to now arguably the biggest rapper in the world. Now that's one example, but still there are other there are lesser examples of people who sought fame and gained fame from those types of shows. So they are effective in garnering ratings and fan base and stuff like that. So maybe, so to me, it's not really edgy, like attitude error, but you can have an edge. I think there's a difference in that. You can have an edge, you can have a bit of an attitude, but you don't have to go so far into the attitude error type stuff when you got bra and panties matches and mud wrestling and DX making girls flash their boobs in the crowd and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you know, choppy, choppy PP like you ever oh, to earlier or uh, the DX dressing up even, like even blood every week. Like, we don't need to see that. But right. bring it back to, like, those Hell in a Cell matches, you know, like that where, you know, I don't remember the last time we, well, I mean, there's been a lot of blood on WWE in, in recent years just because they do it on purpose almost uh you know brock lesnar gets blood almost every match he's in uh, when he elbowed randy orton then when he elbowed roman reigns i'm talking about that that was just random like that wasn't even part of a storyline where like they hated each other it was what randy orton no i'm gonna gash your head open with my elbow same with roman reigns and the reaction was just kind of crazy uh but like the, the blood for those cage matches or like even no holds barred or like anything goes, no DQ or weapons are allowed. You know, bring that back a little bit. It doesn't need to be every single week. Right. Uh, you know, don't stop matches because of blood unless it's part of a storyline. You know, I remember back in 05, Matt Lita and uh, Matt Lita. <laughs> Matt, Matt Lita, Lita, yeah. Matt, Matt Hardy came back to feud with Matt Edge. Matt Lita sounds like a terrible relief pitcher. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Matt Lita's on the mound again. God. Be, he would Sam Matt Lita, man, he stinks. He would definitely fit in that Phillies bullpen. But, <laughs> I ain't say it. Uh, <laughs> but he but, like uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't remember. I mean, that was, you know, there was some blood in that feud, and then they did. I think the SummerSlam match where they stopped it when Edge got the win over Matt Hardy. So it's kind of like anticlimactic. Um, but that 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 whole storyline that's more adult oriented. You know, a lot of their audience, a lot of even me, like I, I kind of, that was at the moment, by the way, that Matt Hardy Edge thing in like 2005. I think it was like the summer, where I was like ready to just go out and be completely done with WWE. You know, like I was not even watching Raw every Monday. Not even, I don't think I had DVR yet. I wasn't caring about SmackDown, and I was missing some good content. Like I, I look back at a lot of those shows. Uh, now and just be like, hey, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. That type of stuff, I think, we can see in 2019, where uh, oh, you cheated on me with this girl. Like now, we're just gonna hash it out, type thing. Obviously, the language will be, you know, like you're gonna have to, you're not gonna be able to call women, you know, the W's or C's or anything like that. Like you probably would have in 2005. I'm not going to say the word on this podcast because we're family friendly. By the way, you already we said the D word like just ten minutes ago. <laughs> but that's that's acceptable. That's acceptable. All right, I guess. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I'd rather you hear, say that. I guess, but I hear it on the FM airwaves in Philly, so I definitely 
Uh, right. I, don't, I don't pull uh, any punches with that one. But if we're talking about like storylines that like I, I don't want to see like a pregnancy type thing, like the Maria Mike thing that happened on Raw, that wasn't bad. You know, I, I don't know if they're going to go any further with it. I don't know if Maria's going to come back on Raw and they're going to do something until she definitely has to leave for a little bit. Or I think Mike Kanellis was on 205 Live last night anyway, so um, I didn't catch it, but he was at least advertised for a match. So, you know, it's one of, like, it can, I, I would be accepting of them going a little more adult-oriented, but I just don't, there's obviously a line, and just don't cross it. You know, like, saying ass or bitch, you know, like, they... It even happened in one of the promos. I don't know if it was SmackDown or Raw, but somebody's uh, oh, it was Maria Canales calling Mike her bitch, like in a promo on Raw. So they went, they definitely this week they definitely went further than we've seen in almost a decade. So that type of stuff, I think you 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 start changing that. Are they going to get new fans? Probably not right away. I mean, really, I think the only time they'll get new fans is when they go to Fox. I, I honestly think they'll actually have a good bit. I, I feel really good about that. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. I feel like that's going to be like a renaissance for, for that brand. And with Eric Bischoff on board, you know, I just think SmackDown will become like the best show in WWE, just ratings-wise. Um, and I think being on Fox helps that, but I also think, you know, Bischoff, you know, he listened to his 83 Weeks podcast, my favorite podcast other than the Straight Shooters, and he talks about reality-based storylines, and it's something that he lost, you know, when running WCW in the late 90s, but, you know, 96, 97, 98, he was on fire with the reality-based storylines, so, you know, like, I, maybe that's why I think SmackDown's gonna be great, but... You know, like that's where I think it's going, and I, I don't know. I just feel, I feel like they will eventually. Like both shows should be separate, but when you have Paul Heyman running Raw, you're still and Raw's, you know, eight to eleven on Monday night. You're still gonna have like risque type storylines, but I think SmackDown's gonna be like on a Friday night. I don't know. I just have a feeling that that'll be like the more risque show in October. I guess. To me, it's it's not about being risque, though. Like, it's like, to me, you can have an edge, but you don't have to be edgy. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Like, does that make any sense? Like, you can have an attitude, but you don't have to be the attitude there. Like, you can have a little more, like... That's what I think they absolutely should not do. Like, Like, what we saw Monday and Tuesday, I think that's being edgy without the attitude. Right, but that's what I want, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can have an edge to it, but it doesn't have to be like, like over the the line. Like you said, you can you can go up to the line. But to me, it's not like it's not just about like more adult oriented content. To me, WWE isn't hip at all. Like, <laughs> if you were to say like, what's cool about WWE? Like, what's actually cool? Like that can actually like that people who aren't wrestling fans would find cool. What's What's cool in WWE? 1997. Like, I'm that's just saying, my, like... That's my answer. Like, I, what? who has, like... There's no, like, hip-hop integration, really. Which, let's be honest, hip-hop is, like, driving the culture right now. Not just musically, but, like, 
Period. And how many... Yeah, but like even when they do, they, they get ripped for it. When yeah, they, 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 they have these concerts... Yeah, I know. I'm saying that and, these concerts but, and but not even like the concerts because no one really wants, no one is paying to see a rap concert or a rock concert for that matter. But like the songs they use for like the pay per views, they're all rock. And I never heard it. None of these bands, <laughs> right? Then when they use a rap song, it's like Flo Rida. It's like bruh. Or they might use Wiz, Wiz Khalifa. And that was a couple years ago when they used Wiz Khalifa. But like, I understand like some of the raps, a lot of the rap songs that have cursing in them. You don't want to always, you know, use but. There are some songs out there you could use. What you could use a radio edit. Come on now, something, anything. Like I want to hear the baby on Raw. Like I, I want to hear the baby as a pay per view theme song. Why not? It's better than generic rock song t- twenty that they use from <laughs> no name band I never heard of. You know, like and the same thing with NXT. There's always some metal band or yeah, something like. Yeah. Like, I, I come on, like I don't know. That's just me, I guess. Who was a, a fan of hip hop and. I'd rather, you know, if you want to cater to me and cater to a lot of people out there who also like hip-hop and ain't into the super hard adrenaline rock, you know, let's say I don't like some of that stuff, I do, but I'm saying it's not really what's in right now. Like, hip-hop is the hip genre in music, and it's not, there's very little influence right now in WWE and I mean, some people, I guess people at the top really ain't fans of it. Like Vince McMahon, he'd rather name a pay-per-view Great Balls of Fire a song that came out like 50 years ago. Like, like come on. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. and it's not just hip-hop, but it's other things. It's just being more on the on the edge of what's happening now. Being more hip, you know, it don't feel like it's of these times. A lot of it feels like it's just an updated version of what happened 20 years ago. Like, yeah, it's the same Titantron, it's the same kind of look, but it's just with fancy LED graphics now. You understand what I'm saying? Like, did that make any sense at all? Yeah, I mean, like, personally, I hate that they do what they do with the music. Like, I'd rather them just compose their own stuff like they used to. But, like you said, to your point, they're almost like, they're a swing and a miss, you know? Like, it's like, what's hot in pop culture is, like, coming like like a fastball, and they're ready, and it hits the mitt when it's like passe and then they're swinging to try and incorporate it into their, you know, TV shows or whatever they're doing. So it's almost like they, they missed the chance. You know, they had LeVar ball on a few years ago on raw. And that was, to me, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, And that, I mean, I'm thinking back, that might be the only time in recent memory that I could think of that they had something in that everybody knew like a pop culture. I know, I think it was based, the show was based in LA, but just like everybody knew who LeVar Ball was. So they had to have him on the show or whatever. So they did. And, you know, like that, I thought it was cool. I thought it was was interesting. It, you know, it is, it was what it was, you know, we weren't expecting a five star segment out of it, but it was funny. And that's what it, I guess was written for. And we don't see that, you know, like we don't, Whatever cities they go to, they'll they'll have you know maybe the, some of the athletes you know waving or whatever. And I know they can't incorporate athletes into you know like athletic type segments. You know like they can't hip toss somebody or punch somebody all the time. You know they have, I think they have contracts now where they're not allowed to wrestle. I think I was reading uh, earlier this week when remember when WCW had like Kevin Green come in and they had like. Uh, I know Stephen Michael was retired then, but then they had Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman all on the same show, Bash at the Beach 98. 
they were all in the same show, all wrestling. So I think it was like around that time where at least the NBA, maybe it was the NFL, started requiring their players to have like no wrestling uh, clauses in their contracts. So I understand like even if you have somebody just there for for the for the show, like a Monday Night Raw in, in Philly, and you have Carson Wentz there, like he can't do anything, you know, physical. But I don't. I haven't seen that recently. Like they used to highlight all these every week. They used to highlight, "Hey, here's the starting offensive line of the Dallas I mean, Cowboys when they were in Dallas." I like, think, I think they still would if the guys are there. I mean, I'm sure they would. I don't. don't so, but don't don't they call them up and like how did how did they get there before? Did do do the Maybe athletes like, not want to be associated with you know a, a uh, I don't product? Know. I don't know. I mean that's. I don't know. That's a good question, though, because like you seem like it said like every week it was like, here's the offensive line from the green. Here's the Green Bay Packers. And it's like eight guys you've never seen before and maybe it's one it. guy that, you know, but like the rest of them, you don't or something like that. Or like, here's the Tennessee Titans or something like that. Like, you know, whatever. But like, like, oh, sorry, oh. on a three hour raw, may, write a segment for that. Try and get somebody there from the city I mean, you're in for like, I don't want to force in football players into the product, though. Not, like, not, not necessarily football, that, but something that. Something that I mean, that just for that one center moment, and then it means nothing the next week. Like, oh, Brian Urlacher choke slammed somebody in TNA. What did it do for Impact? Really? <laughs> like, he was on Frank Wycheck was on Impact back in the day. Didn't like it really didn't do anything. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, to me, but but to me, that's the thing. To you got to get away from that stuff. Other stuff though, like that type of stuff, you, you should get away from because people see through that. Like, what, like the, the physical, like, the physical uh, part of that, it, and it doesn't help your wrestlers. You know, Brian like a Spears a wrestler. What does that do? It gets on Sports Center for that one night, but like it's proven now. We've seen it time and time again. It really doesn't. Oh, if you're if you're let's say when Brian Lacker speared, I forget what what happened when it on in TNA back in the day. You think if you were a Bears fan back then, you want to watch TNA now all of a sudden because Brian like did something one time? Maybe like a computer. No, but then it's up to the promotion. Maybe the next week to. At least you you know you're gonna have new eyeballs like maybe not constant like but uh, I mean somebody might check it out and uh, at, at running a business and doing TV like you, you gotta think there this is, this is how Big Cat gets a title let's get eyeballs <laughs> let's get some new yeah, people no, watching no, but that that's that's a good point but I'm never for giving like a separate. Like when Vince McMahon won the WWF title, I thought it was like the dumbest thing ever. And I was the huge WWF mark back then. And I was like, oh, I give up WWF. I'm going to WCW. You know, that was like in 1999. He beat Triple H for the damn title. You know, like that might be worse than David Arquette winning the WCW title, honestly, because your owner is not, maybe not booking himself to win the title, but storyline wise, yeah, he gave it up and he wasn't the champion for long. But still, like, I don't need to see that. And to me, that's kind of lame. That would turn off a lot of viewers, I think, if you just see the owner. Shane McMahon's getting a huge push. What the frig? Why? Like, why? All right. So here's the thing. We don't need we don't need athletes. We don't need the promoters being champions. Here's what I think would help. It's how you present your product. It's how you present your wrestlers. All the wrestlers right now seem like just happy to be there. And, and I think a lot of people will say the same thing. Oh, they just, they don't seem like the stars because. It seems like they're just happy to be there, and they need WWE to put food on the table. 
instead of just being stars. Steve Austin never came off like a guy who desperately needed the job of wrestler. It seemed like he was going to be Steve Austin, whether he was a pro wrestler or whether he was working on a freight dock. He was still going to be Steve Austin, Stone Cold, whatever the case may be. He just so happened he was a wrestler. That's what we need to get to more, I think. Also, again, just being more hip, just feeling more cool, more on the cutting edge of things. That's you know, and presenting these guys like they're badasses. It's not like they're just happy and all the time and like entertaining. We're ha- we're here entertaining, yay! We're here for your entertainment. I mean, no, you see how UFC promotes their rest their fighters? They always look like they're ready to kick somebody's ass all the time. They never look like they're happy. <laughs> like they always look like they're ready to fight. And it's like you know what? I want to see this person fight because they look angry. They look pissed off. And I'm not saying you gotta make everybody look mean, bug, mm, but like. There's a way to uh, like Ronda Rousey coming out smiling and waving to the crowd, right. and getting, getting in the ring and going, Grr. yeah, like come on, <laughs> she's happy to see twenty thousand people, but she was stuck in the ring, that it all goes away. Come on now, yeah. Yeah. it's not when she's in a fight in the UFC though, she doesn't smile until she wins. That that's the mentality, that's the difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when she walks to the ring, walks to the cage, that's the same UFC. There's no smiles on her face because she's going into a real fight where she's trying to kill someone and then. <laughs> Once she wins, and she's like, yay. But in WWE, she's waving and happy and smiling to everybody. And then she gets in the ring and kills somebody. It's like, wait a second. This is why people aren't taking it seriously. Which is another thing I think is, should, should happen. is a more serious approach. Uh, you know, I understand people want comedy in wrestling. And I think there is a place for that here and there. But it doesn't have to be overt. You know what I'm saying? You can Funny things can happen. Like Steve Austin. Again, I hate to go back to him, but... He's, a, he's always a great example with this type of stuff. Steve Austin wasn't purposely funny until like 2001 when he hurt his neck and he couldn't yeah. wrestle for a while. Yeah. But he did funny things on the way. He just, he never cracked a smile on himself though. <laughs> like he wasn't in on the joke. He would just mm-hmm. say it or do it. Yep. Just what happened, it was funny. Now The Rock, on the other hand, there are people who are exceptions to the rule like The Rock and like a, like a Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, who, who also, again, Kurt Angle was a comedic character. Like, he had comedic chops, but he made up for it by being a badass in the ring, number one. Number two, again, he wasn't in on the joke. He was, that was just who he right. was. You just so happened to laugh at it. Uh-huh. He would go, yippee ki That was You knew that was Kurt Angle. <laughs> That's just how he actually was, the character was. Uh-huh. That's what made it funny. The Rock, he had so much charisma, he could really do no wrong. Like, like, he was the difference. He had so much swag, so much charisma that he was the exception to the rule. He could be funny. And, and again, it was like The Rock was always laughing and smiling. When The Rock, something bad happened to The Rock, he was angry. Now, he might insult you in a funny way, but he was angry. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a big uh-huh. difference. Now, I understand, like, you have to act like the New Day. Ooh, that's their whole gimmick. Their whole gimmick is positivity. Their whole gimmick is to be fun and happy. To me, that's different. Because that's who they are. Right? But... Then you got other people where they force comedy into them or they just make them smile and they're happy. And it's like Seth Rollins shouldn't always be smiling all the damn time. Or yeah. when did Becky Lynch get over? When she stopped smiling. Yeah. <laughs> people and then she started Becky. smiling again. Right. When, when Becky Lynch was, I mean, people always like Becky Lynch. Don't get me wrong. But when she, she went through the roof, when she started having an edge to her, it, there's look no further as proof as to. Somebody having an edge can get over in 2019 as Becky Lynch. Look no further than her. When she flipped that switch, it was a wrap. Everybody's behind her. Her birch was selling. 
her, the ratings for her segments was high, and she was in the main event of WrestleMania and won. Because they couldn't deny her. It's just proof. The proof is in the pudding. So, to me, overall, you have to change everything, everybody. New Day is, like I said, they're an exception. But, like, the, the total package has to take a... It has to be a tonal shift and a more serious, a more, I want to say gritty, but, like, just a more down-to-earth. Don't make, don't, don't make it seem like it's, like, fantastical and, and magical. Yeah. More earthly. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but, like, more grounded approach. Strip, strip away a lot of those production things, too. It's very glossy, too glossy in a lot of respects. Very, very sanitized. We know that. We talked about this and how formulaic it feels, but... You know, person one person enters the room, next person enters the room type of stuff. Nothing seems organic. It's very sanitized. Strip all that stuff yeah. away, man. Yeah. Get on that cutting edge of stuff. Stop being so far behind. And you can't have commentary tell you what you're supposed to like feel. Like you don't. You're supposed to react I mean, to whatever's there. Like there, there's, I, there's something to that though, because Jim Ross, when he would say not, he would admonish a heel, I'm thinking he more. Heel. I'm thinking of more like. You know, that Steve Austin beer truck or whatever. And I believe JR was on commentary at the time, but he wasn't he wasn't laughing, you know, like he wasn't like, ha, 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 look at Vince uh, I think Michael like, Cole was actually on it. That was like early. That was like right before WrestleMania 15, right? Was it? Yeah. Because that was when JR was, uh, had the Bell's Palsy, I think, for the first time. Something like that. He didn't come uh, back until WrestleMania 15. Right. Well, so I was thinking of that time frame. So yeah, early '99. If I thought that happened in '98. So uh, if I'm wrong, yeah, that's right. The Rock was there, so yeah. it probably, probably was uh, Michael Cole. But um, I mean, like other other stuff like that. I guess the Zamboni. You know, it's you know, Jim Ross wasn't laughing like, haha, like you know, he yeah, wasn't. He, Steve Austin. He wasn't saying he wasn't laughing when the Undertaker and Kane broke Vince McMahon's ankle. He was like, "Oh my God! Like they just broke the chairman's ankle or something like that." Like he was telling you what you were saying, but like in a way that you felt a certain way about it. You know, like he wasn't laughing. Like I don't know, and I'm not saying that that would happen now. I'm not saying Michael Cole would be laughing if an angle like that happened now. But there's just too much of that. You know, your main commentator like laughing at things that you're are supposed to be funny to them. And if you're not laughing at home, then you're looking at it wrong. So that's why Michael Cole's laughing. So you could be like, oh, this is supposed to be funny. Well, like, I mean, that type of stuff I never saw, you know, at least on commentary, you know, like I, I never, and, and maybe it was obviously a different time of wrestling and I was, you know, a teen, but you know, like I paid attention to everything when I was watching commentary included. How to react unless you know Jr. admonishing heels, Tony Schiavone doing a great job with how the NWO like even when the NWO started infighting, you know, like he was getting some joy out of that, and it made sense in the scope of the storyline. So, you know, like that type of stuff, I, I just don't see anymore. I don't see like that. When, when commentators just at least in WWE, like I'll, I'll give WWE that, but you know, New Japan, you know, like I. I don't really have anything bad to say about that, but I don't know. It's just commentary is different now, so maybe that's why I'm thinking that. You know, like I, I don't want to be told how to feel about something unless there's like shades of gray, and I mean, maybe it's because I'm an adult. Because as a teen, like you're like, oh well, why did they do this? Why did they do that? 
as an adult, like I know when I'm watching. I don't, I, I don't find commentators admonishing heels for doing something bad, doing something dastardly. That's essentially telling you how you feel, how you should feel in this moment. Like, oh, what a piece of trash or whatever Jr. Yeah. was saying about somebody back in the day. Yeah. I mean, but I also think not just the commentators. It's funny you say commentators because Corey Graves apparently said holy yeah. sight last night. Yeah, I, I, uh, I put example, it on Twitter. Yeah, another I, example of the uh, the edginess coming out of WWE. And apparently Dave Meltzer said, somebody asked Dave Meltzer today, does Kofi Kingston giving Joe the finger last night means, which is an odd way to put that, <laughs> does, it, does it mean we are pushing towards leaving P, the PG era behind? A lot more cursing and edginess is happening now. And he didn't put a question mark, but it's appeared. Or a lot more, he just made an observation at that point. A lot more cursing and edginess is happening now. And Meltzer quote tweeted it and said, yes. Short and sweet and to the point. Yes. He thinks, according to Meltzer, that they are moving away from PG. And it's going to happen. Now, the one thing that has always been, and it's, and it's a fair thing to say about the PG product, one thing that has helped WWE over the years secure more sponsors and secure television rights deals. Because, uh, you know, when they were edgy, they couldn't get those top-flight AAA sponsors like a KFC or Verizon or Cricket Wireless, whatever it is they have now. They have so many of them. Uh, but soon when they went PG, slowly but surely they started getting those top-line sponsors, and I'm sure that brought in some money. Uh, and, of course, there's TV deals that are going up and up and up. And now they secured, I mean, by far the best TV deal they've ever had with two, $2 billion from Fox, another two or whatever billion from NBC Universal. So... The, 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 the point against going away from PG was those sponsorship dollars, were those TV rights dollars. Well, now they got the TV rights dollars. And this, I guess the sponsors, I mean, they got enough of those too. Maybe they can, you know, schmooze up with them and say, hey, we're going to go a little more edgy, but not too edgy. I don't know. Uh, maybe they're not worried about that. I don't know. But maybe this is coming down from not just WWE. Maybe they're not just changing it on their own, but also maybe Fox or USA wants to say, hey, man, we got to do something. We got to change it up. You know, like, we can't just keep doing the same old thing and our numbers keep going down. We we need to do something. Right. I and, mean, ratings do mean something. Yeah, they yes. mean something. They're not the end-all, be-all, but they mean something. Yeah. Television networks don't like to see bad ratings. <laughs> like, yeah. we can all agree to that. So. And, hey, SmackDown might become the biggest-rated program on, on network TV on Friday nights, but oh, on Friday, um, if, yeah. it, if it's like... Now, one, it's not hard to do, though. <laughs> I mean, how many no, I'm saying if it's like a 1.5, on like, TV. is that good, or is it like there's still room for improvement? So I'm sure, by the way, when Eric Bischoff took this job, I'm sure he had a plan in place for, for ratings, so if, I'm sure he has a, uh, 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 a goal, I guess, he, he wants to get for certain amounts of time. If WWE isn't the highest rated show on Friday nights, on all of television, something is wrong. If you, what else is on on Friday nights? First run television. What? I don't know. I don't Unless know. I used to be comedy, and I missed that. I missed that TGIF, was, man. That was years and years ago, though. I know. Like, what's going up? What's first run television? TFL. Yeah. They're on Friday. Okay. That's what's called TFL. TFL. What is that? CFL. Oh, CFL. Come on now. That's, that's Canada. I know, but it's still that's, on ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN they should beat news. CFL football, like I think that's not like a shocking thing to say. XFL uh, will be on Fridays, right? 
Or just Saturdays and Sundays? I have no idea, honestly. Um, but I don't like. There shouldn't be. There's not. There shouldn't be any stiff competition. They can't beat out a bunch of cops reruns and lot. Oh, <laughs> I know what might put up some competition. Live PD. People like live PD. Yeah, I've heard, and I, I've watched a little bit of it, but it's, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not tuning into it every Friday, but, um, you know, it's. Hey, Bryce Harper just hit a home run. Cool. Uh, we're only losing three to one because, of mean, course, it's a solo homer. Uh, this was this was fall last year from the broadcast. Agents of Shield on ABC. They should beat that. The resident, or oh, this is yeah. Thursday, so Friday. <laughs> Last Man Standing, The Cool Kids, and Hell's Kitchen, which I like Hell's Kitchen. But well, this will replace that, yeah. But this was last fall on yeah. broadcast networks. Yeah. It's not counting cable, obviously. So, like, they should beat all those shows if those shows were to come back. Well, those right? were those were on Fox. So they'll be replacing. Oh, yeah. Those that, shows are probably yeah. going to move to another night. Yeah, they're not even. Because yeah. La- Last Man Standing that, has been good for them. So It has? Okay. Well. Yeah, that was I mean, Fox. The ratings for a Friday night were good. Okay, I guess. Um, for ABC, <laughs> it was Fresh Off the Boat, Speechless, Child Support, and 2020. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, Speechless and, is a good show, by the way. I'll take your word for it. Uh, for NBC, Blind Spot, Midnight Texas. I never heard of that show. And Dateline. Just making these names up. I'm dead. This is a story according to therap.com. This is the fall oh, lineup for 2018 for all five broadcast networks. Uh, CBS, we had MacGyver, Hawaii Five-O, and Blue Bloods. So there you go. And CW, what do we have? Dynasty and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So if SmackDown can't beat the shows of that caliber, something is horribly wrong. So yes, I think they will be top Friday nights on television. They should. Holy hell. (laughs) You can't beat Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I mean, I don't know. I can't help you. So that's we can put that to bed, at least. Um, But yeah, back to the conversation at hand. Um... I think just be God, just be hip. Get the street get the street profits out there more. Get them out there more. They they they're they're pretty close to hip or they are hip. What the hell was that about? Why are they that like that annoys me, man. Like I, I would love I love that they're up, but there's no story. Like why are they up? I don't know. But they got potential to be like that thing that could People yeah. who like are into hip hop, black and African American, or you know, who are into that, into the culture. To oh, who are those two guys who look hip and cool and look like they are who current look who look like they dress like people actually dress in the real world, which is another thing we've talked about in the past. Oh. The way that people talk on these shows <laughs> has got to change. <laughs> And maybe that changes with the tone, you know, getting away from the PG and getting to more of an adult-oriented, I don't know what the rating would be, but to more of an adult-oriented and more edgy product. Have these people talk like actual human beings? Man, that'd be a refreshing change for WWE if I ever saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I have, like, you know, we talked last week 
because we recorded on Thursday last week when the news broke of Bischoff and Heyman being back. And you would think that even though Vince McMahon's still the one in charge, still the one that everything goes through, that Heyman and Bischoff will have that impact of what's current. What can what what's current about today that will make our programs feel current? Like, so that's what I'm, I'm holding on to that hope. I would trust Heyman more on that because he's always seemed to be more looking for that, for the hip stuff. I don't know if Bishop has to track. I mean, he did back in the 90s of being, like, back then he was right. current and more adult-oriented. Maybe he'll, he can I still adapt to today's times and stuff like that. He's smarter. No. I would just, like, again, I hope. I hope that's the case. But for Heyman, I... I would trust him more. He just seems like he had, he always is like that in ECW. Right. I don't know. I just I just I, and it seems like he's always kind of in that mode more than Bischoff. But hey, I hope they're both like that. They're both middle-aged white men, though, so you can't fully put your eggs in those in their baskets and say, oh, they're going to be on the cutting edge. No, that's a good point. Like, that's never when you want to be on the cutting edge and be hip. You don't just enlist the help of two middle-aged white guys. And nothing against the white folks, but I'm just saying that's not the that's, first people you go oh. to typically. <laughs> You make an excellent point. I'm just saying. It's like now, now it's almost like you need the trust of the the, the whole roster that yeah hey, maybe if they bring an idea to Heyman or Bischoff that they're gonna run with it and they're right. like no this is what I'll say the Samoa Joe Kofi Kingston promo on SmackDown I think was great because it didn't feel like they were reading from a script at yeah, least to me the line about Joe not being able to hide and hide and seek that was funny <laughs> like, I'm just saying like it. It felt like they were delivering what they wrote almost. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't feel like they were reading somebody else. And there's something to that. And you know, like I, I went back, back and watched it a few times, and I just had had a good time. That promo was one of the best things on SmackDown. So if we get more of that, you know, more of the and, and it's it's funny because it's kind of out of nowhere. You know, so Mojo every feud that he's in, he just attacks somebody. You know, like there's no nuance, there's nothing, and. Uh, so uh, that was the best part of SmackDown. And I'm looking forward to hopefully on Raw and SmackDown having more segments like that where you're like, this feels real. You know, that's all we could ask for at this point. And, and the thing is, is, is the sign, you know, great leaders, they always know what they don't know, right? I think that's what Triple H does in the next week. Triple H ain't up to date on all the latest hip things going on, but right, he they, trusts they, his they, team. They exactly. know more than he does. So he yeah. trusts them. Like, all right, this is what's going on. This is how we can take advantage of it. How can we leverage? How, how we can leverage that? And I think I would hope that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, if they have that full autonomy, which they're supposed to have, they can they'll do the same thing. And hopefully Vince does the same thing with them, where they have the ideas and like this is what we're going to run with. He trusts them to say, all right, let's do it, and let's give it a shot because I mean, it can't be much worse than what's happening now. Obviously, yeah. um, funny thing happened to me on Twitter today. I hate to sidetrack, but. I don't know if you saw a Rob Van Dam tweet from earlier today. I did not. Well, Rob Van Dam, and this is just completely off topic, I know, but it just I well, just got reminded of related. it. It is wrestling related. I just got reminded of it because I got a notification. Uh, Rob Van Dam put out a tweet. says, them, sorry to hear about your divorce, which I didn't know he got a divorce, uh, and then me, and it's a video of him in a hot tub with a bunch of just... <laughs> Big old butt women out there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? you hear Soldier Boy, he, she got a donk in the background, and these chicks, they're all black, 
<laughs> and they fine. <laughs> and I'm like, Rob, Van Damme is back. I, I quote tweeted it with the Return of the Mac gif. Oh, shit. And he liked it because he's back. Apparently. Uh, My man got a divorce. He out here in these streets, apparently. <laughs> like, more than me. <laughs> Awesome. Apparently, like he got a, he, he got a divorce. I guess it's finalized, and he out here. I mean, he had a pool party somewhere. Uh, and yeah, he is <laughs> here, and he is single and ready to mingle with all the ladies. I mean, this I don't. He's gonna set like a music video. I don't know what this is, but he's definitely in this video. And uh, yeah, it's going down. He liked my gift. Reply. So oh, good. There we go. He endorsed. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was funny. I remember we we played that on this show not too long ago. When guess who was back in? Uh, it was when. Uh, hold on. Was it when Jeff Jarrett bought a stake in TNA again? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Said Return yeah, of the Mac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we played it at, like the beginning. <laughs> He's it was, back. Like, episodes. I think it was like 70 something and brian osley was on the show and uh he didn't realize it so i think we played that and uh we were talking about this wasn't like global force wrestling this was like jeff jarrett i guess merging the the that his something company like that, into yeah. tna and then like taking a executive stake or so, something like that and you said you it was funny because you said oh like return of the mac and i believe you said that on the ride to the studio because we were still in the studio at the time. So that's a funny callback. Yeah. By the way, Bryce Harper hit his 200 homer with that home run. Okay. And his 1,000th hit. Oh, uh, in Atlanta, where they chant overrated at him. That's a shame. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, hate to see it. Yeah. What's the score? I don't know what the score is, by the way. That's Three to two Braves right now at the bottom of the sixth. And the Sixers are signing Raul Nitos on when you do. I have no idea who that is. Raul Abanez? No, no Banyas. Neto? The picture I see on the Twitter is him from the Jazz. So, uh, played for well, Utah at some point. TJ McConnell's out. He's in Indiana. Yeah, so, man. peace out, man. Shout and out I to won't. little TJ McConnell. Uh, but, yeah, WWE, I'm all for the. I'm, I'm, I'm here to get the, uh, the edginess back into the fold, but just. It's a way of going. Cool, about yeah, it. be cool about it. You know? Right, and to me, it's not really just about being edgy. It's about being hip. So, yeah. being with the times, man, because you don't want to you don't want to put the product back in 1997, 1998. That's just people ain't gonna warm up to that. That's just whack. And and, yeah. and they'll know that it's just a replay of what happened 20 years ago. It's like WWE still stuck in the past. It's a way of going about it. And if okay. those show, and the shows like like Love and Hip Hop and. Uh, Black Ink Crew and, and just shows like that can exist and and get garner viewers and get people talking. So can WWE. Obviously WWE can do it, but you know WWE can do it too. In my opinion, that's just how I feel. You can't let AEW be be those guys that are cool and hip hop, right? And if you're not, if you're WWE, if you're just WWE. wrestling, people, just wrestling fans really like it right now. But it's not like it's overtly cool. But what they got going for it is they got a, like a sports like presentation, which I'm here for. Uh, the more you know, sports realistic presentation, and they have really good wrestling, obviously. So, but there's nothing like really hip and cool by AEW neither. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> like, there's not really hip and cool about pro wrestling right now in general. It's <laughs> cool to watch for us, 
yeah. as wrestling fans. But like, if you're not a wrestling fan, there's nothing cool or hip about it that's gonna make you say, "Yo, I gotta watch this." Like, Yo, what's going on Unf- over there? Unfortunately, unfortunately, I think things like that ha- chair shot on Cody Rhodes from Sean Spears uh, are the type of things that uh, I don't will make that. other casual fans think it's cool uh, to tune in. Unfortunately, I think people, given what we know about head injuries and concussions, I think it makes people squeamish, and they I like. I think it makes oh, us. They still doing that in wrestling? Whoa! Yeah. They wilding over there. Like, Not that's a good that. point, but but I don't. I think wrestling has worn off the coolness so much that when people see that, they'll be like, "Damn!" and like think uh, it's cool because I think, again, I think it's got to be something else different. It's got to be like a mixture of. And it's not just good wrestling. It's not just good wrestling because the wrestling is great, and people aren't watching again in droves. Like it's not like it's, the wrestling isn't the issue. Yep. It's the stuff that's surrounding it. It's the characters. It's the presentation. It's the look. It's uh, it's, it's so many things that go around it. It's not just the wrestling. The wrestling is important, obviously, but it's not the end all be all. So that's just my opinion. But the chair so, shot, I don't think. I think that would scare yeah. people away more than so than it would bring people in. I don't think. People, well, so, I don't know. Just given what we wrestling know, has a different wrestling has a different type of audience, and I think my my first reaction would be, and you, you're you probably have you're probably right about a lot of the people that would be like even go away from it, be like, oh, they're still doing that, like no thanks. But I think more than not, most people look at it and be like, oh, that's cool. Unfortunately, and that's oh, just because oh, what we saw that all the time when wrestling was cool. So and and yeah, maybe, but that was twenty years. Maybe people, I know, but you know, teens still think that crap is cool. You still got kids yeah. in in the street running their bikes, riding their bikes, and in, in, into the traffic. That that happens to be a lot around <laughs> here where I live. You know, it, it's frustrating, but kids are going to be kids, and you know, if teens are going to be teens, and if teens think it's cool, they're gonna they're gonna tune in. And unfortunately, that obviously I don't know what the do they have police report live on their iPhones and are they watching you know or are they just watching YouTube who knows but you know something like that I think unfortunately you know like I, I wasn't a fan of it I don't, I don't think anyone I know was a fan of it um, no matter how much they tried to like say it was planned that way whatever uh, it was still stupid in my opinion yeah I'm reading a story about uh Rob Van Dam's divorce. Apparently, <laughs> it, the divorce is not funny, really. But he's with his wife for 17 years. Uh, the divorce cost him, apparently, this is according to the story on his website. It's not super reputable, but we'll roll with it for the sh- sake of rock and roll. Uh, you uh, froze on me real quick, so could you repeat that? I said, it's from a website. It's not like super duper reputable. Uh, but we'll roll with it for now. Uh, he lost his Mini Cooper, apparently. Bob Van Dam was... From Wonder yeah, Years? I guess. He was riding around in a Mini Cooper. Mini Rob Co- Van Dam. Mini Cooper. Mini. Winnie Cooper from Wonder Years. No, I said Mini Cooper, not Winnie Cooper, man. Stay with me here. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Uh, he lost a grandfather clock. Uh, family photos. That sucks, honestly. Damn. Damn. She took everything. Books. She didn't even leave photos behind. I want those pictures, too. I want all that. Damn. Uh, a drafting table. I don't know what that, what that is. She also gets to keep her engagement ring, diamond ring, and other jewelry, according to The Blast. So this story is aggregating The Blast. Hmm. Which I don't know if that's super reputable, neither. But <laughs> he is still out here 
with multiple just multiple posts. He's got posts on Instagram. I mean, I mean, there's there's booty 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 rocking everywhere in these pictures, bro. He is out here celebrating his divorce. I hey, I don't know who this woman is he with, but I don't know. She thick though, two C's. I'll leave it at that. So, uh, congrats to Rob Van Dam, I guess, for getting that. Yeah, job. it's I mean, it's uh, it's not always divorces aren't always what they seem. So, uh, yeah. I know a family member uh, and the Braves just hit a three-run homer. That's just oh, great. No. That's just okay. fantastic. Six to two, cool. Uh, one uh, distant cousin, I think, went through a recent divorce and was celebrating it all over Facebook. So, uh, hey, it, you know, not, not in the way Rob Van Dam was, but. <laughs> so, hey, he out so, here with just. <laughs> I mean, is there a better way to celebrate a divorce than what he's doing right now? He's living his best life. He's at, living at his moment. best life. He ain't going back and forth with y'all, man. He is out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks he lost those that grandfather clock though, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, family photos. She was like, "I'm taking all this stuff. Give me this. Give me that Cooper. Oh. Cooper. I don't even drive many Coopers. I want it." Hopefully, he's got like digital copies of that because that would suck. That does suck though, right? Yeah, that was like, like no photos? his children. You know, like no photos. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That, that that's kind of that. I mean, I guess like, you got to decide that stuff. I mean, somebody's yeah. got to keep it. And she took it. Like, mine. <laughs> you can have them big booty hoes. I'm taking these pictures. Uh, uh, the whole effing show. Climax? Let's talk about who's in it. Yeah. It start, it starts We're not talking about July. Rob Van Dam's climaxes anymore. We're talking about the G1 climax. Like that Man, and you're, you're telling me not to like... <laughs> I didn't find out first. <laughs> oh man alright let's go uh, it's actually going to be uh, it's going to start July 6th it's going to day, day night one is going to broadcast I believe it's live it might be on tape delay but it, it's going to broadcast on July 6th oh no it's from Dallas so I think it's live live and uh, uh, on yeah. Access TV American so. Airlines Center that's Saturday that is this Saturday yep just, um, just night one just night one but um, yeah, let's look that up, by the way, uh, whether that's airing us somewhere. Yeah, it's Access TV on oh, July okay. 6th. I don't think it's airing on Access TV every night because I didn't see it on the guide, at least for July 7th. But this tournament's from July 6th to August 12th, so yeah. I don't know how much it's going to be on Access TV. Um, hopefully, that would be cool if they had the final on uh, live. Okay. But, uh well, here, here's the A block for those who are interested, since the first show is happening this weekend in Dallas, like you said, at the American Airlines Arena. I mean, that's a big arena for them. Nice. Uh, for New Japan on its own. They'll probably tarp off a lot of the upper deck like AEW did in the Ocean Center. Did they? They tarped off a few sections. I don't think it was terrible, but everyone... Uh... It was like, oh, if it was WWE, everyone would be talking about it. But I mean, it's AEW, true. Right. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, they uh, off like two know, in the SmackDown, and people go crazy. Right, right. So, I don't know if it was on the hard cam side or not, but I remember I saw a picture, and there was there was a few, quite a few sections blocked, uh, tarped off uh, at the Ocean Center 
Saturday night. So whatever. It is what it is. Couple thousand. It's not easy to sell tickets in wrestling nowadays. Like mm. it's not easy to do that. And if you do it on a weekly basis, it's going to get even harder. Yeah. WWE does it on a weekly basis, and they're the biggest, by far, the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. Once AEW starts going every week, and I don't know if they're going to. It sounds like they're going to tour every week and have yeah. a new building every week yeah. for their television show. No, no house shows. So that's their that's their weekly show. Like that's tough, man. Like, I mean, they sell out all out. And double or nothing in minutes, right? And we celebrate that because that's, I mean, that's it's still a big deal for any promotion not named WWE to put 10,000, 12,000 people in a building in North America. That's still a big deal because before All In last year, no one was doing that unless you were called WWE. Ring of Honor wasn't doing it. And they're damn sure they're doing it now if you go by the pictures of like Best in the World last week, which were rough to look at. Did you see the pictures of Best in the World? I did. I Woo! did. Damn. We said it, and by the way, I hate to backtrack, sidetrack, I should say. said it months ago, Christmas gifts. Remember when we did Christmas gift for wrestling, wrestling? Yes. I said give Ring of Honor some new stars, some young stars that people are excited about because the best star right now is Ian McAbani. And that's not, that's not a good thing. <laughs> and, it, and you see why I said that because we all knew they were losing the elite. They were losing half their roster to AEW, and here we are. Yep. So Ring of Honor... Got some work to do, but it's not easy. It's not easy. It's still a big deal for when they do it for all in and double or nothing, but on a weekly basis, it's the law of diminishing returns. Unless your product is white hot, which has only really happened from a on a large. I mean, obviously territories are doing it every week, right? But that was in the same area. But to tour around the country in this day and age and put ten, twelve thousand people in an arena every week. Whew, Good luck. It's not easy to do. So they tarped off seats for their second show. I'm not surprised by that. Plus, it was also in Jacksonville, right? Wasn't it in Jacksonville? Uh, Daytona. Daytona. Right? Yeah. I mean, people. I mean, people just aren't going to Daytona. I, I mean, mean, unless Hulk Hogan and Hill, uh, they're not going to go in that Ocean Center. <laughs> like, yeah, I believe it was the same building where yeah. that happened. So, how how can you beat that? Like, you whoever went there saw the biggest thing that would ever happen in pro wrestling. So. Uh, maybe they I just mean, checked out. But I don't know. And, people just, you know, we talk about the ticket demand. Uh, it sold out, whatever. It's just secondary markets are they're reselling them, so people just didn't buy the tickets that were being resold. That's all. Yeah, that, exactly. It just didn't happen like that. So, whatever. I mean, it happens. But New Japan show this weekend. You know, yeah, I don't stuff. know what the tickets are looking like. I think I've seen some like um, some seating charts or whatever, like you know, Ticketmaster or something like that. I can look at it right now, I guess, uh, for like how many seats are available, or something like even, that. Yeah, I don't even care. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look it up because I think it's you know That's it's fine. interesting to see like. No, I'm saying like I didn't even care enough to look it up. Oh, where... I got you. Uh, but let's see, see tickets here. Let's do this real time, real quick. I knew uh, I could count on you, though. Oh, yeah, I got you. Now, a lot of the upper bowl seems like it's sold. It's great. <laughs> no one wants to be down near but, the ring. I mean, it looks like it's a good, just a good chunk of that lower bowl. I don't know if those seats just aren't being sold. <laughs> like, that's a difference. I don't maybe, know. Maybe they're for media. <laughs> I don't know, but they're not available. The top upper level of the American Airlines Center is all grayed out. So I don't know if that's sold out or if that means it's, you know, not available to buy it, period. 
But there's a lot of blue down in the lower sections. Uh, and even at ringside, you can buy a ringside seat for, I think the most expensive one is 225 That's not bad. I would, yeah. I would buy that if I was down there. I'm not going to Dallas, but if I lived down there, I'd be like, eh. And some maybe. of the fixed seats, like the first like section, section of fixed seats, it's like, you know, some are 35 some are 105 some are 55 so yeah. Um, so I don't know, you know, we'll see. We'll see Saturday. Uh, but the A block of the G1 Climax, as I mentioned earlier, features Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., who kissed and made up with Seth Rollins this week. Good to see they kissed and made up, I guess. I would rather them keep beefing, but whatever. They kissed and made up. They respect each other again. Uh, Tanahashi. Uh, did, I, did I miss him? You don't miss that? Seth Rollins apologized. Oh, Seth Rollins. I, I saw the apology. Did Will respond to him? Yes. And he's like, no, no, you know, all let bygones be bygones, essentially. Like, uh, so, respect for you. So, uh, Seth's going to cost him this tournament. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But they, they squashed it via social media. Oh, that's no fun, right? Exactly. I want to see him still beefing. Like, I want to see Zack Sabre have a great match Saturday and then be like, yo, Seth Rollins, follow that, sucker. And then yeah, right. Seth Rollins comes out and does something crazy on Monday. I just, this is me. I'm here for the for the drama. But uh, <laughs> Ibushi, Evil, Sonata, Batluck, Fale, Lance Archer, Will Ospreay. No, not, did I say Zack Sabre did that? I meant Will Ospreay made up with Seth Rollins. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I got to miss I know up. what you they're meant. Both, That's all that matters. British. They're both British. I mean, skinny British guys. They all look the same. Uh <laughs> So not Zack Sabre, it was Will Ospreay who got to beef with Seth Rollins. Uh, but, and A Block is rounded out by Kenta. Uh, B Block, you got Naito, Ishii, Juice Robinson, Toriano, Hiroki Goto, Jay White, Jeff Cobb, Shingo Takagi, Taichi, and of course, John Moxley in his first G1. That's going to be grueling as hell. But for the first show, as you as we were talking about the Dallas show, here's a lineup for the first show: Okada versus Tanahashi. Right off the bat, <laughs> you got Okada versus Tanahashi. It's probably going to be be the main event, right? For that show, you would figure, right? Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, Obushi versus Kenta. Man, that sounds. I don't cool. even know if. Let's see if the guide tells me anything. I don't know, but that that has actually. To be an event. So tomorrow night, or not tomorrow night, Friday night, July 6th. No, July... Saturday. No, Saturday, July 6th. Yes. Okay, I got it, it looks right. looks like, according to the <laughs> schedule on, on CBS.com, is only A block matches on in Dallas. Okay, so it's actually on live fr- uh, Saturday night from 6 to 10 p.m. So oh they're going to air... So four hours, they're going to probably air the whole thing. Uh, but it doesn't say any, like... But the guy doesn't really say right. a main event or anything. Well, so. there's going to be five A block matches in Dallas. Doesn't look like there's going to be any B block matches in Dallas, unless I'm missing something, and I can look it up. But this looks like there's only A block matches going on there. Let's see what New Japan uh, has set up here. Let's see what ProWrestling.net has for us. Yeah, these are all A block matches. There are no B block matches on this show. So, and apparently John Moxley has been announced, or he yeah. won't be on the show. I think that's right because he's, he's on Block B. Right. So, 
All right. All A block matches on the show. Like I said, Abushi versus Kenta, that should be fun. Osprey versus Lance Archer, Clash of Styles, Evil versus Bad Luck Fale, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, and the, looks like the first B block show is going to be July 13th in Tokyo. And that's going to have Juice Robinson versus Takagi, Ishii versus Jeff Cobb, Yano versus Naito, Goto versus Jay White, Moxley versus Tai Chi. So I ask you, Mr. Pacone, what you what you thinking of these uh, blocks and what you thinking of potential favorites? You know, you know, it's interesting. Ok- Okada's the champion, right? Yes. Wouldn't it be something if he won and then picked his opponent as John Moxley? Wouldn't that be something? That'd be weird. Not gonna happen because AEW's TV deal will be like in full throttle by Wrestle Kingdom, so I doubt they're gonna let. I mean, maybe they would. I'm not in charge. I doubt John Moxley will uh, main event Wrestle Kingdom. But mm. I mean, I'm Why going. John Moxley win it then. What's that? Why wouldn't you just have John Moxley win it if he's going to be the main event? Because anyway? I don't. At least from what I, when's the last time the champions won the tournament? You know, like they and ah. picked their own opponent. You know, it'll be something different. Like I don't know. Um, just something in my fantasy brain that I would probably book if I was in charge. <laughs> But uh, uh, John Moxley, no. I think Will Ospreay's the guy that will be eventually champion. But I don't know yet. And the fact that him, Kota Ibushi, Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi are all in the same block. Like, it's pretty That's crazy. A hell, it's a hell you know? of a block for Hell yeah. It's and a beat block like trash. <laughs> yeah. I'm, looking, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to Kenta, who's in block A. Like, I haven't seen him in New Japan yet. Uh, since he left WWE, so I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing him in action. If I'm he's just, any better than he I'm was in a, WWE, B Block is I. Right. I mean, I like Ishii, I like Jeff Cobb, I like Juice yeah. Robinson, Naito, Yano, Goto. I'm all for those guys. Of course, Moxley. Yeah, but that A Block, <laughs> like, it's I don't see one person on that list that I'm like, yo, I'm here for. Like, I'm not here for. It's a good people, thing. Might not be like, oh, they probably pass on this. Archer because bad luck Fale. I'll watch him go against guys like Will Ospreay. I'll watch him go against yeah. guys like Bushi because those are, again, the clashing of styles. They could make for fun matches. I mean, it's not your, is it going to be your technical classic? Maybe not, but those are fun matches to watch still. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a hella block when you got all them. I don't see one bad match in that block. Maybe if you got Archer versus Fale, that's not the match you see. <laughs> But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, everybody else. It's going to be lit. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Ibushi, I'm, I'm just hopefully he doesn't take a s- German suplex on the freaking apron again. Oh, my God. Um, but, and, uh, I, I kind of have him coming out of this block and come, yeah, block? coming out of the final as the winner. I think he'll come out of a block just because, you know, we haven't seen him in that spot yet. It's Since true. Back, so, I, I, I mean, I would go with my favorites in A Block would be Ibushi or Osprey. Yeah, Osprey, I think is. I, uh, I have a gut feeling it's going to be his time, but uh, I mean, I, uh, Ibushi needs to take that next step. I think. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Ibushi and Block A. And Block B, I'm gonna go with Moxley. Mm. I think I definitely think Moxley will be. I mean, who who else could you have? Like 
Juice Robinson, Naito. Yeah. And that's really they, it. They were right? invested in they, and they've invested in Juice Robinson. They've invested in Naito, but Moxley is fresh on the scene. He he is a big star. I I don't know if they have him lose that quickly in any of these matches really. Like who does he lose to? Honestly, he's got to face all these guys. Jeff, Jeff Cobb. He's going to lose. Uh, I mean, and I don't know if guys, I, I, don't, I haven't followed the G1 like intently, but I don't know if guys go undefeated in their blocks. But I just, I, honestly, I don't see how Moxley loses to, I don't know, I don't see any guy on his list in, B, in block B that New Japan books him to lose against. At this juncture of his career, when he's fresh out of WWE, I mean, and is. Amongst wrestling fans, that one of the most talked about wrestlers going right now. He beat Juice before, so I don't know if they just go to have get have Juice get his win back. Maybe, but they they book differently, you know, in New Japan, so it's not necessarily a given. Uh, I would be surprised if he beat Naito, only because mm. if Moxley was full time in New Japan, I, I'd buy it. But yeah. I just, he's in here, I think, for the name value. And Naito is probably the only guy in that block that really could beat him uh, clean, you know, like it. And that would be his only loss, I think. So I, I that doesn't, say, that doesn't even mean he's out of the final. Like it's whoever has the most right. wins. So most points. I think it's yeah. points. Yeah. I would put Jay White in that conversation too because they, they've invested a lot in Jay White. Yeah, uh, true. IWGP champion. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm still going Moxley and Ibushi come out of the blocks. And I'm gonna go with Abushi to take it all. I'll t- I'll all right. I think it's Abushi's time as well. All right. But I wouldn't be surprised if Osprey won block A as well, the A block. I agree. I agree. I want to see Osprey Okada. It'd be a great one. Yeah, that like a, that A block, man. That's a hell of a block. I want to see Kenta versus a lot of these guys. Like you said, we haven't seen him yeah. out in a long time, and I'm sure he's motivated to show people like, yo, I'm sure. still out here. I can still get it done. So yeah. Kenta versus almost anybody right now, I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, and he's definitely a lot better than what we've seen in WWE. But you know, injury history. Hopefully, the injuries have not hampered his ability to perform the way he did before he came to WWE. Because I wasn't familiar with that work. You know, like when he came over, I think it was 2015, maybe 2014 uh, to NXT, and then he just got hurt and got hurt and got hurt again. And then when he came back, and he was. Uh, on NXT and then 205 Live, he didn't really set the world on fire. So I think, you know, that's part partly WWE style. Maybe it just wasn't for him. And uh, I'm really looking forward to see to seeing how he, like you said, like Okada. I think Okada is like my guy. Like I want to watch every single match he's in because he's like their John Cena. And uh, right now, at least the way it will, John Cena was. For WWE back in like 08, 09, 010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, for a long time. Uh, apparently, there have been champions who have won the G1, Kajimuto and Kensuke Sasaki. Oh, way so, back. Yeah. So now I remember when Sting versus Kensuke Sasaki was for the WCW US title. There you go. It was like a Starcade or something, like 95. Something like that. I remember being like, what the heck? Hey, I remember hey. being surprised Sting was U.S. champion. Because so I was like, wouldn't he be, like, world champion? <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, so G1, it's happening. It's a happening <laughs> this weekend. Um, because where is it? it's, it's block A versus the winner, it's block A winner goes against block B winner, and they, they right. face each other for that's the final G1 climax final, right? Yeah, so yeah, man, um, it's, it's gonna be fun. It's a long, grueling tournament, yeah, over a month long. The yeah. final will be August 12th, so it's a long, <laughs> grueling tournament, man, like, not just like. Kayfabe, I'm talking about reality. Like those, those guys take a beating, man. Like, There's a, a lot of matches. You go to the Wikipedia page; they have like every year of the tournament, and they go. Let's see, they have like one by match, quote unquote. And then you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine matches just in that block. Yeah, and then you, you have the round robin. You face everybody in that block, yeah. right? Yeah, and then it's like. You might only have a day off, maybe two, but you're constantly going, like, every day. So, it's like a legit sports competition, you know? It's the only thing that's different is, you know, who's winning and who's losing, but you're really going out there every single day. You don't have, you know, like, a house show to take it easy, quote-unquote. Like, no, you're going out there, because I think everything's televised on New Japan World, so uh, all the matches, so... There's no yeah. rest for the weary. Uh, looks like Ibushi lost in the final last year to Tanahashi. Tanahashi had 15 points, which is like a record for the 20-man tournament. But yeah, if you if you had 10 guys in each block, which I think is what the case is today, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so you're facing those nine guys. Yeah. You got to face them all at once. And I said it's like a round robin. Whoever has the most points is the winner. So, uh, like I said, Ibushi won block B last year and lost to Tanahashi. In the final, so yeah, it's like you said, it's a grueling tournament. Nine matches over the course of a month, uh, and I guess when they're not on those, I don't know if they they wrestle a whole lot when they're not on those. Like those, like if you're not wrestling on the B block show, do you wrestle on that show in other matches? Like I think that's what happens. Yeah, they have. I think they have like some tag matches too. Yeah, yeah. So like, just for instance, I mean. Elgin faced nine guys. <laughs> like it's, 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 no. it's legit. Like a, a, a real tough tournament. But and for us, that's eighteen matches to to watch, and then you get the finals. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. If you're a diehard New Japan fan, this is the best time of the year almost. Besides Wrestle yeah. Kingdom time. Yeah. Uh, G1 Climax time is what is. I mean, it's. It's the best wrestling tournament in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a better wrestling tournament. I know there's others, obviously. You got uh, Battle of Los Angeles. You got, you know, even New Japan Tag League is, is a great tournament. I mean, best Super Juniors. You got, uh, what's the one in Germany? The 16, I think 16 Carat, something like that. Uh, that there's one. some great tournaments out there. The, the WXW tournament. Uh, there's some great tournaments out there, but this is like the, the tournament to be in. Yeah. You know, it's not single elimination, which, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I like single elimination, but this is a hello tournament right here. G1 Climax. Uh, anything else before we close it out here, Mr. Cone? That's the Phillies uh, of Act 2. Yes. They completely collapsed, so that was great to see. But, <laughs> uh, nah, man, I'm good. We uh, just hopefully Raw and SmackDown keep improving. 
because that's what's going to hold us because AEW ain't coming till the fall and we only got like two more events there's a pay-per-view event so uh obviously uh fighter fest was was good very good event uh definitely not double or nothing uh but you know it's kind of a crime to compare those two but it's what we do you know their first event versus their second event and what was good and what was bad but uh definitely looking forward to fight for the fall and then evolve you know going head to head with them on the wwe network uh That'll be a great night for wrestling in two weeks. Yeah, it's coming up real fast. But in the meantime, Nick, take us out with some plugs, baby. You can follow me at Nick Bacone on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. And we are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Straight Shooters. And uh, I don't know if we'll get this video up there or not. Uh, we'll see. Like I don't know. I've been posting the videos up on Facebook. But if uh, we get the Skype video up, it'll be interesting. But uh, I'll work on it. And uh, you can also follow my work at phillyvoice.com, phillyinfluencer.com. You can see and or listen to this podcast on those websites as well. There you go. I'm at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. As always, you can find me out here in the streets. If you're not finding me on Twitter, you can also find us on so many platforms. Of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the mothership, WildfireRadio.com. For Nick Picone, I'm Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 202 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch you all again next week. Peace. You've been listening to the Straight Shooters on Wildfire Radio. For advertising opportunities, contact Nick Picone via email at piconenick at gmail.com or call 856-625-1190.